new era in independent art celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2015. I am your host, Jason Velasquez, and I thank you for tuning into this episode of Indecent Exposure. Uh, today on our show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Melissa Quirk Cairns, and if you don't know who Melissa is, not only is she a teacher at Drury High School, she's also the Associate Director of Word by Word which is the festival of spoken word that uh, has really taken uh, the Berkshires by storm. Uh, people are really digging the uh, the high energy uh, performance that they're seeing. It's going on right now, um, primarily in Pittsfield, although some events occurred in North Adams, as far north as North Adams, as far south as uh, Lenox uh, earlier, I guess last week. Um, we have... Melissa on the show to explain what word by the word by word festival is and how you can get involved. Um, and we also will have, and this is if I can move heaven and earth, you know, in the next say 12 hours or so, maybe 24 hours. I might give myself 24 hours. Uh, I have some discussions, some conversations with really uh, some, 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 unexpected and fascinating guests. Uh, these are people who are going to be giving some workshops and going to be doing some performance. They are ringers from out of town, um, people who have been doing the spoken word circuit and the poetry slam circuit for some time. Uh, I will have linked, uh, and perhaps as their own special special presentation of the Greylock Glass, I will have many podcasts, uh, conversations with Phil Kay, Robbie Q. Telfer, um, Fatima Asgar and Franny Choi. All of them uh, were kind enough to speak with me this week, this past week or so, and I have all of those conversations um, that I have to just sort of put together and make presentable and and uh, put them up there for your pleasure. For now, though, let's get right to that interview with Melissa Quirk Cairns of the Word by Word Festival. I have with me Melissa Quirk Cairns, the Associate Director of Word by Word. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm absolutely great. Um, I am, you know, I'm going to, in the interest of full disclosure, I will let everybody know that I'm going to be a participant in the Word by Word Story Slam on the 18th. So, uh, but that doesn't mean... We're very excited about that's going to be a great show, um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, I want to find out the roots, the origins of Word by Word, and uh, you are the you are the associate director, so that probably means you've been with it for a little while. Well, I've been involved in Word by Word for years. This is my first year as the associate director. Um, the the father of Word by Word is Jim Benson, who um, Word by Word was his brainchild. And his idea was to bring people into downtown Pittsfield and create this sense of community around the sharing of words. Um, he started it in 2009. And in the early years, you know, there was um, a lot of music involved and 
um, and other various things. And then it sort of called itself down to being a lot about spoken word and poetry and storytelling, which really lays at the heart of our festival today. And has it always been based in Pittsfield? Yes, it's always had a Pittsfield base. We've reached into the North County and the South County through our preseason and preliminary events, um, hosting events up in North Adams and down at the Mount in Lenox. And our draw actually is international if you consider our year-round programming, because we're not just this one-week festival that we have coming up throughout the year. Um, we have other events, including during National Poetry Month, which is April, we sponsor the 30-30 Challenge. Now, poets internationally that never heard of Word by Word take on the 30-30 Challenge in the month of April, where you try and write 30 poems in 30 days. But what we do is we provide, if you if you log in and register with us, we provide you with a prompt every day and give you 24 hours to respond to that prompt in, in poetic form, and then we post your poem on the website the next day. So each day a new set of poems is posted and a new prompt for that following day is given out. Um, and in that particular um, activity that we that we sponsor, we reach internationally. I mean, there are, um, I think it's like four continents or something that we that we reach with that program. So it's not just in Pittsfield. However, having said that, the festival itself does focus geographically in downtown Pittsfield this year, basically from Dottie's Coffee Lounge down to the Berkshire Museum um, and Whitney Art Center for the Arts are sort of the north and south boundaries. You've got some, you do have mentioning uh, Dottie's Coffee Lounge. Uh, that's part of a really neat idea uh, that I don't know of, I've seen anywhere else, the poetry scrawl. I, I love the poetry scrawl. I believe this is our third year doing this. It's a model after the pub crawl, so maybe it's the Irish in me that really likes it. Um, but instead of going from bar to bar and having a beer at each place, we go from city location to city location and have some poetry at each place. Um, so that, that event this year will be hosted by Robbie Q. Telfer and Fatima Oscar. And um, so they'll, they'll kick it off by one of them will do a poem at Dottie's and we'll have some Berkshire poets that will also be performing and somebody else will do a poem there. And then we'll be working our way down, stopping at various locations, um, including like the Marquee of the Forio Center and um, Perset Park and different places until we finally end up at the Berkshire Museum. That's fun. That's a whole lot it's of fun. fun. Now tell me See, some. It's good for your heart health. It's you know you get a little cardio and a little culture. <laughs> and it starts early enough that if you really want to go and get that that ale afterward, there's plenty of time to do that. Um, in, exactly. In any number of locations in the area. Now tell me something about living, breathing spoken language. What what's important about that? Now. What is it about the living, breathing, spoken word that's important, as opposed to just reading it on the page? Well, certainly, what ha the, the energy that transpires between an artist and his audience happens in, in real life, in real time, in the breath, and in, that, and in that energy. There's something about that vibration that happens in a live performance that is impossible to achieve on the page. There's an artistry on the page. There's a way of arranging words that can happen that may get missed in an oral presentation. But the sense of community, which is at the core of our mission with Word by Word, and the sense of engagement between an artist's intent, their emotions, riding on their words through their breath, and connecting in a very physical way, 
um, with their audience, um, creates a level of community um, and, and brings us all into this one place to celebrate this moment that only happens in that moment. So then when that moment is gone, it's not that you can turn back to that page. It's that moment. It, it, it lives and breathes in that space. Hmm. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense, and and it suggests um, it's a funny thing. Although you add more life to it, you also add mortality to it by adding life. Yeah, hmm. and and that mortality, I think, lends it um, a power. I mean, you know, while while a poet may perform the same poem even within the week at two different events, it's possible. Um, might not be the best strategy for their son, but it's possible. And it, it, it's going to be different. It's going to be different based on the way the audience is reacting. It's going to be different based on the emotional space that that artist is in at that day, maybe based on the time of day or the physical location. So each live performance is its own nuanced thing. I think that, I think that performing artists, I think musicians, um, I think dancers, I think they understand that, that there's something special about each performance. And of course, you know, as I said before, since our whole mission is about creating community and bringing us all together in one space to share and enjoy this together, the audience reaction and participation in that is so much a part of what we're aiming for. So that when Bill and I sit down and consider, well, what should our schedule look like this year? What kinds of events do we want to include or not include? I mean, at the core of it, we always look for people speaking their own words in a truthful and meaningful way that it sometimes might be moving, it sometimes might be hilarious, and offering the opportunity for, you know, a spectrum of emotional experiences that could be universal and bonding for a community. Hmm. Now, the community in the audience, uh, it doesn't strike me that we have a lot of, and, and this is kind of strange to say, given how, how often, for example, children are read to, you know, allowed, but as adults, we don't really have a lot of uh, back and forth, you know, exchange of energy between you know performer and audience uh, in the same way uh, these days. And we don't have an oral storytelling tradition here in the states. And and when we do, it's often divided by this proscenium stage and a lot of fanfare and lights and technology. You know, whether it's a concert or even like a stand-up comedian or something like that. Um, but certainly the slam poetry movement and the spoken word movement has been gaining momentum nationally uh, in the last couple of decades. And and, it, and it's not, um, you know, it, it, it's also growing here in Western Massachusetts. So there are ongoing slams and things like that in North Adams and in Northampton um, and in the, in the relative local area. Uh, I guess what we're trying to do with Word by Word is really keep trying to keep it alive throughout the year and then just bring everyone together to one place for one week for a huge celebration of what that community could be. Hmm. That's, that's, I think it hits it right on the head there. Um, what, uh, I, you know, I've been to some of these story slams. I haven't been to the, uh, the, you know, the, the poetry slams here. I've been to poetry slams elsewhere. And I noticed that there's always a, um, there's always new blood out in the audience. There's always somebody who's never been before. What do you think is the draw? What do you think it does for the audience member? How 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 does it nourish them? Well, I, I think that that's probably the answer to that question is probably as unique as each of the audience members. You know, I imagine some are maybe drawn by morbid curiosity, 
Um, others might be drawn because there's a specific poet that they've heard of and they want to, they want to see or meet. Um, I know that in my experience, you know, I, I had a boyfriend who was doing the slam scene and so I went to see him and I was like, hey, I could do that. And then I started going because I wanted to learn more about what other people were doing. And next thing I know, I have this collection of poets that I'm fascinated by and I follow. Um, and, and I found myself so drawn to the community that I'm eager to hear and learn more and share more with the, with the poetic community. Um, but for each person that comes, they probably have a different, um, thing that gets them in the door. Um, and I'd like to think that for most of the people who come in the door, that they're surprised. You know, it's, um, I always say, you know, it's not your mama's poetry. It's not, it's not a recital. Uh, a poetry slam or even the open mics that we host are not, um, they're not recital oriented. They're very performance and engagement oriented. Now, and, and of course, there's some competition involved in the slams. What, what element does that bring in? Well, I think that, that the slams, you know, um, don't tell anybody, but like really, like the scores are meaningless. <laughs> um, and that's just between you and me. Right? Because the, the, you know, the idea is that you pick judges from the audience and they're asked to score it on whether they like it or don't like it. And so it's as subjective as it gets, really. Um, you know, of course we try and make it as fair as we can. We try and get five judges and drop a high score and a low score. And, um, you know, people have, have to follow the rules. They have to keep their clothes on. They can only do it in a certain amount of time and it has to be original. But, um, but, but it, but it's always, it's always going to be, um, subjective. Having said that, I definitely know poets locally who come because it is a competition and sometimes there's prize money on the line and, there's always reputation on the line, and I think there are some people who are driven by that, um, whether it be playful or otherwise, sense of uh, competitive spirit. I would I would argue if you go back, especially to the American South and the American West, the tall tale is born out of that competitive storytelling spirit, with everybody trying to come up with a taller, more outrageous tale to share around a chuck wagon or a campfire. Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely true. I mean, and the, I think the parallel in poetry is, you know, sometimes uh, the poetry slams can start to go down that that um, rabbit hole of like, well, I'm going to be more angry and more political and have more of more alliteration um, until somebody pulls out all stops and does something completely different and quiet and just has a moment and it's been, and and then it changes the game. And so it is interesting to watch the strategy and the competition from that perspective too. <laughs> And of course, you've got some things that are not um, that are not competitive at all. You've got a um, you've got a, a brave teen international and open mic. What's that all about? Young and brave teen. Yeah, so the the teen program is something that um, Bill and I both feel really strongly about, and so we've been growing it um, the past several years. And so this year, we decided to have two nights. The Monday night is really focused around our teen poets who aren't really necessarily ready for slam, nor are they looking to have somebody score them in a public way yet on their poetry, but that have been gaining enough confidence that they want and deserve an audience. Many of the teens who participate on Monday night are teens who've been part of our 413 group that meets every Monday night that have been meeting since May under the supervision of Natalia, who is a teen leader, who sort of just was somebody who was showing up to our events a lot and as a teenager sort of took on the leadership role um, for us with our teen movement. And so 
some of those are coming. We also have some students that are participants in the Northern Berkshire Cultural Council writing workshop that are going to be participating in that. So on the Monday night, we'll have a little open mic for kids who we didn't know of to invite. That could anybody can just show up as long as your age ends in the syllable team. You can register for the open mic that night. And then we'll have a feature performance that our students that are invited by us, the uh, Invitational, to um, perform their poems, so just a poem or two, versus the Thursday night. And where the Thursday night is more for the more experienced teen poets, it's a competitive night. Um, we'll have uh, two rounds. They'll be competing in two, a two-round slam. So they'll do their first round of uh, poetry slam, judged by members of the audience. And then as a sort of intermission break, the at in three group, the group of teens that meets regularly on Mondays, will do their own little feature performance. And before we have round two of the slam, the teen slam on Thursday night. Hmm. And both of those, both of those events are going to be um, hosted by Hanif Willis Abdurakib, who is a special guest that we are very excited to have returning to the Berkshires to work with our teens. Well, that sounds that sounds great. I can tell you that. Well, I, I'm sure that these teens are better poets than I was many years ago. I, I have occasionally run across my work uh, from those angst-filled days, and I, I typically burn it when I find it um, <laughs> because I have <laughs> never been I have never been a good poet. But uh, but uh, yeah, I, I wrote some pretty pretty cliche poetry uh, back in those days myself. It's amazing, actually, hearing these teens find voice through the poetry that they're creating. Um, to help facilitate that, actually, on both Monday and Thursday at 5 o'clock, so two hours before the event, um, we're offering a free writing workshop for the teens hosted by Hanif uh, Willis Abdurakib on both Monday and Thursday. So, And then we'll feed them pizza, and then they'll come and they'll do their performance, and it'll be fabulous. No, it's true. You can't, you can't find your voice unless you use it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Now you've got you, you you also teach, do you not? I do. I'm a teacher at Drury High School in North Adams. And what do you teach? I teach English, mostly ninth grade English, and then I also teach an elective and writing workshop. I guess you probably get a chance to uh, to see firsthand um, the the long term development of of some of the the written word and the the spoken word in your classes. You know, I do. It's it's been, and long term is the key thing. You know, my my involvement in spoken word poetry has really been the last eight or nine years, which I suppose from my students' perspective is long term for me. I feel like I'm just getting started. Um, and as I work with my students, you know, I, I I'm finding that it, it, it's been challenging for me to engage them in the possibility that this thing that they could come to that's not during school could be, you know, cooler, you know, than I am because I am getting older and less cool and I have less of that cachet as I try to make them other. Shush, 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 that's no. So, <laughs> so towards the end, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that this year, you know, I, I, I was a little more successful. I was fortunate enough to collaborate with Word by Word to get Franny Choi, who is this amazing poet from Providence, Rhode Island, who's going to be here for the festival. I got her to come up and come to my classroom a couple of days and work with my writing workshop kids. So that, you know, one of my writing workshop students is one of the students who's participating in this Monday Night Team series. And so I'm getting, I'm getting to see her really develop her voice uh, as a poet. In fact, she got a poem published in this um, student journal called Teen Inc., which is really exciting. 
Um, and this is a student who, you know, hasn't thought of herself as a writer prior to a year ago. So I do, I am starting to see some of the students. Um, I had another student who just, uh, her name was Heather Morris and she's going off to college in the fall. Good luck, Heather. <laughs> and she, um, as a freshman started doing the poetry slams locally and, um, and I remember her, the, you know, she, the first time she came and did a word-by-word poetry slam, it was, um, I couldn't be there, so I gave her my spot in the poetry slam, and she cried her whole way through it, poor thing, but she did it, <laughs> and she did very well, and she qualified to go to the finals, and, you know, and she still participates in poetry, um, in, in spoken word poetry, and it's very exciting to me that she's going to carry that off with her to college. That's great. That's great. I, I think that... Uh... You know, this this area is such a great place to grow up. I, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Connecticut in the Berkshires. But uh, the uh, the opportunities for, for discovering your self-expression is, is, they're just, they're all over the place. And uh, and I, I, it's great to see so many people taking advantage of it. It almost seems in this area, like arts and culture are just a normal part of everyday life. I'd like to think so. You know, some some days it's hard to make sure you're getting the word out and make sure that kids always know about the opportunities. And unfortunately, you know, certain parts of our communities have become so uh, economically challenged and socially challenged that providing some of the basic needs like transportation um, and food to make it possible for them to be at events um, is just something we have to now give attention to, to to keep those cultural opportunities open in an equitable way to all members of our community. Well said. And, and it's really going to be, it's going to be, well, it isn't going to, it already is. It's necessary if we're to have the kind of, the kind of community here that we want, uh, one that is fair and creative and productive and all of those things. Um, and the so, payoff yeah. is great. It's, you know, the payoff is great. Not just, um, I mean, the payoff is great next next week. The payoff is great during the festival because the festival becomes this amazing energy of huge range of age and gender and sexual identity and, you know, just this, this beautiful amalgam of people all drawn for the same purpose of speaking and being heard and hearing and participating in these live spoken word events. It's a very exciting thing that hopefully ultimately becomes a, a, a little drop that ripples out and having a larger impact on the community as a whole and this feeling of acceptance and engagement with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, you know, we're doing, we're doing our part here at the Greenlock Glass to spread that message. Um, yay. Yay, Greenlock Glass. Um, but you know what else? We really ought to be giving props to another group of individuals. Uh, we've given props to the, you know, the mentors, the participants, the audience. Um, I don't think that this program would be complete without mentioning uh, the many sponsors that you've got that help make this possible, who understand the value in in the work that you do. Uh, why don't you uh, why don't you let us know what uh, what uh, some of these sponsors are, are doing for you? Yeah, we we are very very lucky. I mean, our our lead sponsor for years now has been Greylock Federal Credit Union, who has been stalwart and um, consistent in their support of what we do. Um, Who's a Town of Heritage, CompuWorks, um, Harrison Design Associates, Cultural Pittsfield, Mass Cultural Council. I mean, all of these organizations have helped support us. Um, this year was the first time that we 
ever had to reach out and do a grassroots campaign, and we were happy to because we knew it was an opportunity for us to demonstrate to those corporate sponsors that we did have support in the community. And and yay us, we reached our goal on Indiegogo and um and got you know got our full our full support there. And and then beyond just the the financial support that these corporate sponsors offer us, we also have a lot of support from community members. I mean, Daddy's Coffee Lounge and Gazi over at the Whitney Center for the Arts. I mean, these are people who step up time and again. The Lichtenstein um, Art Center, like that, they do consistently support us by offering to share their space and provide their space. Um, yeah, the um, it, it's just it's not possible without a broad spectrum of of help and support and 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 belief and faith. You know, we've got to have faith that these programs um, are meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're very we're very fortunate. And I feel like every year we've been developing a little bit more. I mean, this year we've really started to nurture our relationship with the Berkshire Museum. And I'm excited and hopeful about the possibilities of where that will take the Word by Word Festival in the future. It's a great space too. Oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's, oh, yeah. a, it's a it's a logical place, and it's also a great space. Anyway, um, so August sixteenth. We kick it off, is that true? Yeah, we kick it off on August 16th at Daddy's Coffee Lounge, and there's something every day um, in addition to the performance uh, the performance schedule. There's also a free writing workshop Monday through Thursday. Um, so, yeah, and the whole, the whole kit and caboodle is all listed on the website, which is wxw365.org. wxw365 O dot O R G, and not only is the schedule there is not only is the schedule there, but there's also a a little button that says donate, support word by word, and I'm guessing that no amount is too small. Absolutely. Somebody wants no, to give never, you never five bucks. And you can also five bucks, three bucks. You know, give us a cup of coffee, give us your three bucks. That's awesome because the more the more donors we have, the more we can demonstrate to our corporate supporters that we have um, a breadth of support from our community. Perfect. Well, I will include that link in the show notes. I will include links to your sponsors and um, and the schedule, of course. Uh, people can get to it from there. Well, Melissa, it was great fun having you on the show. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to, uh, to explain word by word. And I encourage everyone to see as many shows as they can because uh, they are free. So, I'm glad I could help you out. Well, hopefully I'll be able to uh, to come and check out some of the events this weekend and see you there. Absolutely. We'll see you then. All right. Take care, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Melissa Quirk Cairns, Associate Director of the Word by Word Festival, certainly one of New England's most happening spoken word events. Now, we uh, we could wrap it up right there and we'd be fine. Um as I said, we have a bunch of, just a fistful of interviews with uh, some folks who are in town for the week for this festival. Um, I have so much audio, I have wheelbarrowfuls of audio that need to be gone through. One of those is actually still a ooh, good, half, no more than that, probably 45 minutes, a conversation with um Todd Reynolds, who was here for Bang on a Can over at Mass Mocha, 
that festival drew a lot of people and uh, and it really received some great critical reviews. Um, but we do have that interview with Todd Reynolds that is sort of the uh, the capstone piece of our special presentation uh, of coverage of that event. But uh, until we get that audio processed and up online for you, let's have uh, let's have another tune um, off his 2011 release, Outerborough. This is Centrifuge by Todd Reynolds. <laughs> Centrifuge, off the 2011 release Outerborough by Todd Reynolds. Now, that song stands on its own just fine, but I listened to the entire, it's a, dual, it's a double CD set, and I listened to it in its entirety. And I don't know how much of that 
release was meant to be really um, arranged, I guess, uh, so that one song just really intelligently follows the next. It certainly seems like like some some real effort went into into the order of of tunes. Um, and I really I think that you should uh, pick up a copy of that CD because if you play it straight through, you'll see what I mean. Um, you know, some CDs, you know, some releases, it doesn't really matter. You can listen in any order. Um, more and more, that seems to be the case. But uh, but sometimes you run across an album and you realize that some real real creativity and and, and intelligence went into the, uh, the the ordering of of the tunes. And this is one of them, Outerboro. Todd Reynolds. Well, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Again, uh, be, look, be on the lookout for uh, massive amounts of interviews uh, that are coming your way real soon. Um, I appreciate your patience. If you're not patient, I appreciate you not venting on me. Because good things are coming. I promise. Like I said, truckloads of, of interviews, of great audio. Um... Today is, was, and has been Thursday, August 20th, 2015. I have been your host, Jason Velasquez, known in an alternate universe as The Mongrel. You've been listening to Indecent Exposure, and for that, I thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.